You know, it's interesting. Um, Andor, uh, which was that the pre... Hmm, was there a Star Wars show between Andor and Ahsoka? Well, I, I don't remember. Uh, I, actually, I think the second season of Star Wars Visions might have been between the two. Um, you're working on videos, MX? Yeah, I, I've been... Uh, uh, editing my uh, gem review videos um, and uh, dealing with uh, YouTube's broken content ID system which keeps identifying a song that doesn't exist in the video anywhere. Ah, fun stuff. So, hey, Chicago. So, uh, Andor, uh, I thought was... I didn't care for the first uh, couple episodes, but uh, overall I thought Andor was... Fantastic, and might darn well be the best Star Wars thing out there of all the movies and shows. Just, just solidly entertaining, wonderful thing. Really enjoyed it. Ahsoka, on the flip side, is still in the middle of its run, to be fair, but it may be the worst Star Wars thing of all the movies and all the shows. Uh, granted, I've not seen all of the, the cartoons. I've, I've not seen the Clone Wars. I saw the er early Gendy Tarakovsky stuff. I did not see the half-hour shows. Seven, eight seasons of it. I didn't see Rebels. Um, I think Ahsoka is very bad. Um, which is not to say there's nothing in the show to enjoy. The first two episodes have an adorable space kitty. So there is that. Um, and I do try after I, I watch an episode to pick something I liked. Uh, for example, the, the one of the most recent episodes had... I forget his name, but the, the, the droid. Uh, basically rock'em sock'em roboting a, another droid and I thought that was visually a lot of fun and well choreographed and staged and conceived and executed that that was cool um there's spaceships and fun monsters like uh light jumping space whales uh there's laser swords and blasters and that's neat and all kinds of fun alien critters and um uh, a lot of the uh, uh a good portion of the action is actually pretty well uh, conceived and executed. So th there are things to enjoy about Ahsoka. But overall, I think it's probably the worst Star Wars thing I've ever seen. Yes, worse than Rise of Skywalker. Yes, worse than the prequels. Because as genuinely bad as those movies are... Rise of Skywalker has characters I like and care about, and the prequels, at the very least, have energy. Ahsoka, for me, and I seem to be in the minority on this, is a dreadful slog and very, very boring, for the most part. 
all the characters are very, very dull. And I think they're going for serious and stoic. You know, serious, serious Jedi. Serious. But it's just really boring. No one has... No one seems really that fussed about much. Um, broadly, overarching. There are individual moments. But uh, for the most part, everyone's just not really fussed about stuff. They're just kind of dull and bored and boring and... I mean, all the characters... You have pretty much two modes for any of the characters. You have just what I look like when I'm not performing. And then you have Smug? Like the Witch Lady. She operates on full Smug mode at all times. She is Smug. It's her entire character. Ahsoka is Stoic. Sabine is stoic. Hera is mostly stoic, although she does get to be a little wise-assy at times. The 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 uh, Ray Stevenson stoic. His apprentice kind of stoic. I wish I got out of the show what many others seem to, but for me, this show is just incredibly boring. And again, not 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 to say there isn't anything to like. I, I like the fact that they flew their ship into the mouth of a giant space whale to do intergalactic travel. That's fun. Um, I like the uh, the bit where uh, Sabine was fighting whatever the blonde woman's name is, um, and. Uh, you know, she gets her night night saber, lightsaber knocked away, and the blonde lady's coming after, her and she goes, you know, sticks her hand out like she's gonna force grab her um, her uh, her lightsaber, and um, and the the blonde lady's like, oh shoot, I need to. She's gonna force grab her lightsaber. I I need to block it, but the the lightsaber isn't moving at all, and she's like. You ain't got no force powers. I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, my first instinct was to mock you for, you know, not having any force powers. But on the other hand, I have force powers and you've been keeping up with me. I don't know what that says about me. I don't know if I like that. And, but the whole Sabine doing her hand thingy was a, uh, was a ruse because she goes pew 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 and does the wrist you know she has the she's a mandalorian so she's got weapons all over her so she fires her little wrist wrist cannon thing at her and i'm like that was clever so there's there's some there's some cool moments and neat stuff but overall oh my god this show is boring the characters are dull the the the, the story is Not giving me enough to care. I mean, I, I get the broad strokes of what we're doing. We all want to go here. Why? Well, because our friend is there. Okay, and the bad guy's friend is there. And they want to bring him back to do bad things. Okay. Maybe if I had watched any of... Cl I, mean, I know who Admiral Thrawn is, but... 
the point is, is it's not dramatized in the show at all as to why we would care. You know, why are these two... I mean, it's not even... It's not even told why these two people are in a different galaxy. How they got there. Apparently via space whale. But you think they would have done, like, a bit of a flashback? G give a little bit of context so it's possible to care? Um... Yeah, I don't like... I'm going to keep watching it because I'm a big dork, but, uh... Yeah, it's, uh... I, I, I don't like it. Oh, oh, well. Um... No, I meant the the the, the bipedal. Uh, Chicago says, "Think you meant Chopper?" I meant the the bipedal one, uh, Yin Yang or something like that. Liang something. Uh, he gets into a fist fight with another robot, which is pretty funny. Um, Chopper's fun. I like Chopper. Chopper's got a personality, and I don't need something to be wry or wacky. I just need some. Just have a personality. Like, the best Ahsoka can do, and I like Rosario Dawson, but about the best she's allowed to do is, like, smirk. That's about it. It's just boring. To me, anyway. Um. Oh, One Piece turned out good? Oh, well, cool. But enough of that. Uh, the Elemental uh, Pixar movie from... A couple months ago, earlier this summer, I think, it came out on Disney Plus, and I got Disney Plus, so I watched it. Nearly shut it off after 25 minutes because I hated it with a passion that burns hotter than the fire of a thousand suns. Um, wow, I, mm, yeah, hmm. First hour of that film for me was really rough. Which is weird because, um,. I, like many, was not particularly interested in Elemental when I first saw the trailers for it. Uh, because it looked like every other Pixar movie I'd seen. You know, I saw the trailer and I went, oh, okay. I think I have an idea of exactly what's going to happen in the entire movie. So, no need to see it. Looks like, it looks fine. You know, it's aesthetically gorgeous as Pixar movies almost always are. Um, I don't really care to see it because it doesn't seem to be doing anything new. I've, I feel like I've seen this a million times before, so no thanks. And it seemed most people had that reaction to the film's marketing, which is why it opened a bit soft. But people saw it and they said, oh, it's really good. And then word of mouth spread and uh, people kept watching it. And then Disney yanked it out of theaters to uh, put it on streaming. Which I thought was an odd move until I realized they were selling it for $30. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's why. Um, so it hit uh, Disney Plus and I watched it and I watched it all the way to the end and it got better after an hour. Um, I don't like the characters in the movie. I, I find them grating and annoying. Um, I, I didn't like the humor for the most part. I, I thought it was just eye-rollingly obvious kind of humor. For example, um, uh, the, there's fire people, you know, all the people are based on elements. There's fire people and water people, and, you know, the fire people have names like, um, Bernie and Ember and Cinder. The lead water guy, his name is 
Wade. Wade Ripple. <sighs> you know, and it's just humor like that throughout the entire movie. And for me, it was just, maybe I was in a bad mood. I don't know. I was like, oh, God, this is just it's just so lazy and obvious. Although, I, I mean, not all of it. For example, the um, um, what they're going for, I don't think it's executed very well. But what they're going for is an immigrant story, right? So. Uh, the fire person, the family, they, they, they move to Element City and they start a new life and they, they build a uh, shop catering to fire people and their wants and needs. You know, snacks and clothings and stuff for fire people. Um, and this, this, this convenience store that, that they run, it's called The Fireplace. That one I like. That that one's pretty good. I like that one. So, it's not all bad, but oh my god, a lot of the humor is just... Uh... <laughs> you know, it's, it's just... It's just painful to me. Um, also, uh, this movie falls into a trap that Disney just... Has not seemed to dug itself out of yet. And that is, it really just does not seem interested in thinking through its own metaphors. Um... It's not as bad as Zootopia, but yeah, yeah. You see, the 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 idea is um, different peoples, different uh, ethnicities, and and such, uh, different groups of people from different places and different cultures. Uh, who do things differently and look different, but at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're all people. We're all humans. We all poop. You know, we can, we can, we can all hug and kiss each other without exploding. None of us are more inherently dangerous than the other. You know, we're we're not. You know, it's not like a War of the Worlds type thing where. You, you know, you, you get off the boat and you immediately die because you're not used to the bacteria and stuff, right? And that that's a wonderful message to communicate. And it's true. However, when you dramatize it with characters representing ostensibly... The movie seems to be going both for different ethnic groups and different um, socioeconomic groups. So it gets a little muddled. Um, but when you're but when you're doing that, you you can't represent different types of people with different types of elements that literally cannot commingle without physically harming each other. The 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 characters in this film are chemically incompatible with each other. So your metaphor doesn't work. At best, at worst, you're very, very racist. <laughs> and I don't think they are. I think they just didn't think through the metaphor. But then we get halfway through the movie. 
And the movie posits our, our main characters are Water Lady and our, our, our I'm sorry, Fire Lady and Water Guy. They they fall in love, and it's like we should hug and smooch. And it's like, but 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 we can't because we are fire and water, and those can't mix. And it's like, well, how do we know? No one's ever tried. And they like, boop. Oh my gosh, we can actually touch each other. And then there's this incredibly inappropriate sex scene in a G-rated uh, animated film for children that I was really not expecting, especially with the uh, antics that um, an amorphous blob of water can get into. That is some kinky shit that the creators were working out, and I'm making all of that up, of course. But, um... So it turns out that the water person and the fire person, they can actually, you know, hug and hold hands and stuff like that and smooch without destroying each other. And that's actually an interesting perspective. It's like, uh, especially if you, it, at like the hour mark where they kind of switch it from an immigrant story to kind of, kind of a socioeconomic leveling kind of perspectives here. You know, she lives in the slums with the rest of the fire people, and the water people are all hoity-toity rich people. Okay, kind of... Alright, alright. We've seen this before, but okay. And you can see that added. Oh, those rich people, they, they're, they're, they're crap. Oh, those poor people, don't touch them, they're dirty, and they will, they, they will melt the flesh from your very bones! And... That's obviously bullshit. We're all just people, regardless of how much money we have. And that's a wonderful message, but... Well, gosh darn it, there's been several times throughout the entire movie where it's already been physically shown that these characters can't touch each other because they do harm each other. Fire people evaporate water people. Water people extinguish fire people. Fire people... Burn the shit out of uh, wood people. This happens multiple times throughout the movie. You can't just go, oh, look, we can touch. No, you can't. I was paying attention for the first hour of the movie. You can't touch. You actually harm each other. What? What's this shit? Now you can touch. Ah! I'm mad at a cartoon for children! Ah! Is there a flow, says Cafe Fire? I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Wade's mom is like Flo or his little sister or something. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll give it, uh, it the, the two young water children. Uh, the water people live in a, well, they're rich, so it's a high-rise apartment in the, the uh, humongous living room that's just two feet of water. And the dad's like, ah, oh, our two kids are, uh, you know, they're, they're playing around somewhere. Marco! Polo and the t the two kids are Marco and Polo and okay that that's funny I that's fine but um, like I said you know a lot of the humor is just fine also the uh, visually gorgeous film as you, as you would expect but uh, the the ooh the storytelling does not work at all and the characters are annoying and I don't like them. So, yeah.
maybe it's explained in the movie, and I just missed it because I was busy sneezing or scratching my bum or something. I I don't know. But uh, if I missed it, you know, my bad. But it 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 confused me throughout the entire movie, um, because my impression was that the fire dude who emigrated from Fireland. Um, built the shop himself with his own two hands. Ah. Cool. Why, pray tell, uh, did you build your fire shop with so many goddamn water pipes? You, you don't need them. In, in fact, the water's deadly to you. And you have a lot of water pipes. Like, the like the home is... Like, in, instead of... Uh, like, the, the frame of the building is just water pipes for some reason. And the weirdest thing is uh, they shut water off to that area of the city. Because they're fire people. They don't need water. So there's not supposed to be any water going through the pipes. So, not only do you not want water, there's no water anyway. Why are there water pipes? Again, maybe this is explained and I just missed it. But one of the major conflicts of the movie is uh, there's a leak somewhere, which uh, means, oh no, there's water going through our water pipes. And it, you know, bursts a pipe and hurts us. Now, I mean, there there could have been something interesting, like, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, he moves there and he's building a shop and he has to put in all the water pipes because of building codes or something, and they're just being stupid and unreasonable. It's like, look, there, there's no water in this area. Why do I need to put pipes in the building, right? There's no water. I don't want water. I'm a fire dude. You know, they, they could have had some, you know... Uh, you know, immigrants having issues with bureaucracy that's not seeing them as people. They're just numbers on a spreadsheet. Could have done something, but did not. Visually attractive movie, though. I, I can't take that away from it. It purdy. Uh, Cafe Fox said, that's why I hadn't had any interest in Elemental, just seemed very predictable. Oh, yeah. Did you see the trailer? You saw the movie. You know exactly where this is going. Are there any surprises? No. No. I mean, really, the only thing that, that surprised me is, uh, or, or that I didn't know going in is the, uh, well, I mean, it's from the trailer, you're like, oh, we're, we're doing a, we're, we're doing an, a, we're theming the people based, you know, different elements are different, different like ethnicities, right? It, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a Romeo and Juliet kind of a thing, right? Uh, the water guy falls in love with the fire guy and the, or whatever, it, right? So, oh, you can't stay away from the water people. Oh, but I love her. Ah, you know, that thing. Yes, it's exactly that movie. That's, it's, you're, it is pretty though. <laughs> it's just that the um, the theming seems to kind of be a little indistinct. Here's another weird thing about the movie. So uh, our main dude, or well, the the main dude, dudette's father, dude, uh, Bernie. Uh, so his story is he immigrated from Fireland to Elemental City, 
Why did he leave? Well, there was a great storm. And it destroyed his home. So he had to leave and go to Element City to start a new life. And then in the flashback you learn that apparently this storm destroyed his house and his house only. Everyone else's house was fine. And he had other family there who didn't live in the same house. Did he get exiled because the storm ate his house and no one else? I don't know. It, it makes absolute Again, maybe I missed something, but it makes absolutely no sense to me. And he's like, and so the storm destroyed only my house, so I had to leave. Did you have no friends you could crash on a couch with? You have family there. Could you not stay with them? Why do they hate you? How did my nephew or son or whoever, what an asshole. Living in a house, that, living in the only house that gets knocked over by a storm. And so he's ready to get on the boat and he turns to his father and he does the, the, the bow of the fire peoples and the father does not return the bow. Why? Why is his father so mad? It, I, again, me, Maybe I was, you know, trying to dislodge something from between my teeth with my tongue at the wrong moment and missed a bit of exposition, but... I, movies full of stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I didn't like Elemental. <laughs> um, but I, I, I hope you did. Um, let's see. Uh, Chicago says they got water via the black market and that's why he needs all those pipes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like this illicit drug that's, uh, that's on the, the, the fire people's black wire. Hey, Mac. You want a vial of water? <laughs> it's, oh. They, like, just pour vials of water on the back of their hand to extinguish parts of their hand. Like, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That that could have been funny. but um, uh, Chicago says, It's that or children are stupid and they won't care that the story doesn't make any sense. I, Well, I, I try not to be that cynical. But yeah, uh, I again, I'm, I'm in the minority uh, when it comes to my reaction to Elemental, so uh, don't let me... Um, dissuade you from watching the movie if you had interest in seeing it because uh, again you know uh, minority opinion here you you, you might uh, you might you might like it all right so um <sighs> unity so um unity has an ass and unity as a company decided that it wanted you and everyone else on the planet to see that ass it wanted everyone to see its whole ass and so unity earlier this week showed us all its entire ass
Oh, Jared's playing one of my New Year's resolution games, and I have three, three. My New Year's resolutions were: here's three games that I want to finally complete. I, I it's September, middle of September. I haven't even started any of them, or resumed any of them. So, so Jared's doing a better job at my New Year's resolutions than I am. Anyway, so Unity, uh, it's a uh, game engine. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of game developers uh, use uh, use Unity. It's a it's a thing you have to uh, pay money to use. It's it's a it's a licensing fee or it's it's tiered depending on um, you know what your needs are, right? So you pay money. You pay you pay a I think it's a yearly subscription for the licensing fee to use the Unity platform to develop your game and sell it and make money, right? Okay, so. Uh, what did Unity decide to do? Uh, decided to implement the Unity runtime fee, which is um, uh, boils down to once your game has um, sold two hundred thousand copies, and if you've made well, it, it kind of depends on which tier we're working on, but for the for the lowest tier. If you've if your game sold two hundred thousand copies, and you've made uh, two hundred thousand dollars in the last year, so you're selling it for at least a dollar, then starting uh, next January, uh, you owe Unity twenty cents per install on top of the license that you already pay Unity for to use Unity to make the game that you're selling. So, you might think, well, uh, hmm, so uh, every time someone installs the game, I owe Unity 20 cents? I have questions, like, um, how does Unity know when a game has been installed it is there is there spyware is there already spyware what what's it, what all is it tracking that that that's a little concerning um c could uh, bad actors uh well if someone buys my game and they install it on three different devices is that three separate installs what if they uninstall it and reinstall it is is that again what if someone's an asshole and writes a script to just constant to create a virtual machine and install uninstall and install it over and over just to cost me money uh, some people also brought up, uh, what if I have a game that I sell, but I want to include it in a charity bundle? So I'm not actually making any money off of this. The money goes to charity. Do I still have to pay money for the people who donated to charity to get the game and then installed it? All great questions. All things Unity really should have thought of beforehand. And to be fair, it has since attempted to answer some of them. Nobody likes this idea. Gamers are like, well, that's stupid. Developers are like, well, that's stupid. 
many developer many developers uh, had a little coda to well that's stupid and that coda was something along the lines of we're not using unity anymore the whole ass and you might sit there and think wow what a really stupid move i mean it's not like these are the kind of decisions that it's not like someone think Unless we're talking about Twitter, uh, it's it's not something that the, uh, you know the person running the company goes. You know what? Let's do this, and we'll do that next week. No, this is something they've been working. That's this is something that's in the planning stages for a year at least. This is something they have lawyers look at, right? Make sure the legalese is all right. So you'd be excused for thinking. Is there, like, I can understand why the rich dipshits who run the company thought this was a good idea, but did no one in, I mean, Unity is, like, a lot, more than three people work there. So, didn't anyone go like, ah, stupid idea that everyone's going to hate, we're going to lose money, our stock is going to drop, we're going to be a laughing stock, we're going to use, we're going to lose customers, this is a really bad idea? Yes, actually they did and they were ignored. Uh, there's been a lot of reporting and uh, several posts on various social medias from people uh, purportedly from Unity saying like, yeah, oh yeah, no one at Unity except, you know, the upper level muckety mucks like this idea. We told them over and over that this was a stupid, terrible idea that was going to... We told them that if they showed their entire ass, it would get bitten. But, you know, John Riccatello and other CEOs and board members uh, uh, didn't listen and said, nah, let's show our entire ass. So they showed their entire ass and it got bitten and they lost customers and their stock dropped and, um, and they are the laughing stock of the industry and the enthusiast press and a... Um, a uh, morality tale going forward. You know what's interesting? You want to hear something really interesting? Probably completely unrelated, but, you know, just an interesting little tidbit since we're on the subject. Uh, John Riccatello, CEO of um, uh, Unity, along with several other board members, uh, just... Uh, apropos of nothing, and completely coincidence, I'm sure, uh, dumped a lot of stock last week. Huh. I just, you know, it's the same subject. It's the only reason I, I bring that up. Um, they just, you know, happened to uh, uh, get rid of a, a bunch of stock uh, earlier this month. Haven't, haven't bought any back, and... Uh, well, I, I mean, that just uh, coincidentally worked out really well for them because uh, their stock dropped right after they made this announcement. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, that, was, that, was, that was lucky. Man. Uh, Chicago says maybe the fee is included in the game price. New game fifty nine ninety nine. Wait, I mean six uh, sixty nineteen. I mean, game developers could do that. Um, 
you'd think that uh, one of the easier things that uh, the company could have done is just jacked up its subscription fee a little bit. You know, instead of $30,000 a year or whatever the hell it is, uh, it's $30,400 a year or something, right? It, but uh, yeah, this this is a a very bad, very terrible idea, um, implemented by stupid rich people who genuinely don't know what the hell they're doing and are not interested in listening to people who do know what they're doing. And one of my theories is is well the title of this podcast. I'm rich, so if my ideas sucked, I wouldn't be rich, would I? I have to imagine that, that, that that's like at least a part of what some of these dipshits are thinking. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Nickel and diming is the new standards is Cafe Fox, you yeah. <laughs> know. That's like, when, uh, this is Chicago, it's like when BMW started uh, making car seat warmers a subscription service. Uh, we'll talk about it a bit. Well, actually, let's, I'm... And so, um, you know, the butts are a many-splendored thing. Yeah, they, they come in lots of shapes and sizes, and many of them are uh, quite attractive. Can't say I'm into Unity's butt, though. Yeah. No one is. Well, that's, uh, that's got to be humbling, right? When you show the entire world your ass and no one's interested. And it's okay to feel bad because uh, companies are people, you see. Uh, Jared says, but there's also reinstalls and installs on multiple devices. So if you sell 20 million copies and a million of those are reinstalled, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it it could be. There have been a lot of, particularly the smaller developers. If you look at the, uh, um, it's the, Unity comes in a couple different versions. There's the Unity Personal, there's Unity Pro, and there's Unity Enterprise, right? The the cheapest version is the personal version, which a lot of the smaller, more independent developers use. That's the one that gets the rawest deal out of all of it. The more you pay, so if you pay for Unity Pro, or if you pay for Unity Enterprise, this scheme doesn't hit you in the pocketbook as hard. Uh, for example, uh, for, for for Unity Personal, the, the, the cheaper one, um, it's 20 cents per install. Once you hit uh, 200,000 sales and $200,000 of revenue in a year, which they define as uh, how much the game costs, uh, microtransactions, DLC, subscription services, all of that. Um, so if you qualify for this... Uh, it's 20 cents per install. Not per customer, but per install. Um, if it's Unity Pro, um, it's 15 cents per install for the first 100,000. For, for 100,000 to 500,000, it's, um, it's uh, 7.5 cents per install. 500 to a million, three cents, and over a million, it's two cents per install. So the more, uh, so if you're on Unity Pro, the more copies you sell, the, the less the install fee is. And if you're on Unity Enterprise, uh, it's even greater. So uh, the, the first 100,000 is only 12 and a half cents per install. 
then six cents, two cents, and one cents. One cent, singular. So it's cheaper if you have more money. So if you have the money to afford it, it's a lot cheaper for you. So, ah. But yeah, uh, now Unity says that um, because there, there were some uh, people saying, well, what about fraud? What, what about uh, you know people just uninstalling and reinstalling the game over and over? And Unity says, well, we'll work with you to determine if there's fraud happening and then either reimburse you or cancel the payment. And it's like, okay, cool. I don't trust you, but th that's nice. I'm glad to hear that. That that that's fine. But here's the thing: I shouldn't have to do that. You're creating a problem, right? Like if I'm making, like if I'm paying you already for your platform to make video games on. And then I sell those video games to make money to continue paying for the platform that I use to make video games on. Well, now I've got to hire people or pay people. I've got to expend time and resources on dealing with this bullshit. I don't want to do that. I shouldn't have to do that. That's a problem. It's kind of like the YouTube thing, where YouTube refuses to fix its broken content ID system. And every time I point it out, it says, well, you could just dispute the claim. Yeah, I know I can. I'm an expert. I have to be. I know how to dispute the, the, the claim. The point is, is I shouldn't have to spend a portion of my day disputing the claim. You should just fix your broken copyright system. So, yeah, um... This was, uh, this was a bad idea. And, uh, and Unity is a uh, dumb doo-doo head, so. Now with that uh, mature industry analysis out of the way, let's talk about the Nintendo Direct and the Sony State of Play. You see that elephant over there in the corner of the room? Let, let, let's address that. No Metroid Prime 4. No, nothing from Retro Studios. Um, I'm not being selfish. I, I want to play Metroid Prime 4. I, I, I do, but I promise I'm, I'm not being completely selfish when I say this. Does anybody live in Austin? If you do, like, Monday, could you go over to Retro Studio? Is it Houston or is it Austin? I think it's Austin. Could you, Monday, go over to Retro Studios and knock on the door and see if everyone's okay? Like, has anyone done a wellness check on Retro Studios in the last year and a half? Because we haven't heard hide nor hair from that. Granted, they haven't... Their last game, their, the last actual new game, I think, was 2014's Tropical Freeze. And that's like it. 
I mean, they they helped with the port of trop the switch port of Tropical Freeze, and they helped with the switch port of, uh, from what I understand, if Wikipedia is to be to be believed, the uh, the recent port of um, Metroid Prime Trilogy, I think it was, uh, or or was it just the first one, Metroid Prime Remastered? That's that's what it was, right? Um, are they okay? Like, I would hate if someone like went to Wellcheck Retro Studios and just found a bunch of skeletons laying on the floor and have been there for a year and a half since they all passed away from like a like carbon monoxide poisoning or something. Someone please go check on Retro Studios. I just want to know if they're okay. I can wait on Metroid Prime 4. It's fine. I've got lots of other stuff to play. I just want to know if they're okay. Like, they haven't posted on Twitter for a year and a half. I, I just want to know that they're still alive, right? So, <laughs> Chicago said they are in Austin. I hope COVID didn't wipe them out. Yeah, I, that's uh, just, just a wellness check. Just someone knock on the door, call them up. Just make sure they're okay. You know, I don't... I, don't bug them about Metroid Prime 4. It's, it's fine. I just want to know that they're okay. So, alright, uh, N- Nintendo Direct. Uh, we've got some expansion stuff for Splatoon. We've got a Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which is uh, doing some of the wind-up toy stuff. But I'm not clear from the... I, I like the Mario and Donkey Kong games. I like the wind-up toy ones. But the, the ones I'm remembering are... They're kind of like lemmings, where you wind up the wind-up toys and you have to clear a path so that they don't walk into enemies or off of a cliff or into a spike bed or something. There was... There's wind-up toys in the trailer, but none of that specifically, so this may work a little bit differently from uh, how I'm used to it. Uh, Prince of Persia Lost Crown uh, still looks very cool, still looking forward to that one, although I'll you know play it on the PlayStation because it'll probably look and run better. Um, uh, Horizon Chase 2, I don't care. Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, I, I don't care. Um, Spy versus or Spy X Anya. I don't like Anya. Like I love the concept of Spy X Family, but I didn't really like the show, and it was mostly Anya. I just really don't like her. Anya can go jump in a lake. Like let's let's just have a show about Lloyd, Forger, your your and Lloyd. Let's just have a, a show about those two because they they were cool. You, you could keep. The, Keep the dog, too. The dog's fine. Just get rid of Anya, because she sucks. Uh, Super Mario RPG is still coming, but... uh, I already played it, so... Uh, Oh, hey. Think back, like, 13 years ago. My very first video. Nintendo! Why won't you let me give you my money? Um, There were, I think, six games in total that I was complaining about that not being uh, brought to North America. Uh, there was the Project Rainfall games, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Pandora's Tower, and the the, the the Final Fantasy, Last Fantasy. La- now I have to look at it because I can't remember what it's called. Last Story, that's what it's called. Actually, my favorite of the three, too. I, I love the last story. Uh, so these were three uh, RPGs, although Pandora's Tower is more of an action game. But uh, these were games that, uh, originally Japanese, they were localized for a Western audience, and they were released in Europe, but not North America. 
They were localized. They're in English. Nintendo just didn't see fit to actually bring them to North America. So whiny gamers like me complained about it, and uh, these games eventually did, did come over. But I complained about more than just the Rainfall games. I also complained about um, uh, Fatal Frame 4, which actually finally came out over here. So, yay. Uh, Disaster Day of Crisis, which still has not come out. Bummer. And um, another Code R. Now, that was the sequel to a DS game, and that actually, the original actually did come out in North America. I think it was called Trace Memory. Um, and it looked neat, and I wanted to play the sequel, but uh, nope. But hey, uh, 13 years later, we are getting a uh, Switch remaster of both games called Another Code Recollection, uh, which includes the original Trace Memory and uh, Another Code R. So, hey, uh, it's taken a while, but uh, finally got almost all the games I was complaining about. St st I still would really like to play Disaster Day of Crisis. That looks like goofy fun to me. <laughs> so, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's see, Cafe Fox says their last post was in February during the Metroid Prime Collection release. Yeah, February of 2022, right? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, let's see. Yves Dimon says, I think the, I think the well-selling Metroid Prime remaster likely means some people have been off Prime 4, 2, Prime 2, and 3 remasters. There was some, um, yeah, there were, uh, many, uh, like, uh, Super Metal Dave who were speculating that, uh, they might do a shadow drop of Prime 2 remaster. Uh, that didn't actually end up happening, but, um... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Prime 2 and 3 remasters as well. So, uh, Chicago says the Mario vs. Donkey Kong looks like the wind-up toys have been stolen by DK and you play as Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a shame because I, I kind of like the Lemmings aspect, but I've, I've played the ones without him and it's good too, so, you know. Uh, so, anyway, excited for uh, the Another Code collection, or recollection? Yeah. Recollection, recollection. That's nice. All right, uh, the Princess Peach game uh, has a name. It's called Princess Princess Peach Showtime, and it looks great. It's it's still it still has that theater theme, which, as I've mentioned on uh, uh, podcasts past, is a is a really easy. I'm a mark for that kind of crap. I love that, and uh, it looks like. Uh, she gets to transform into martial artists and swashbuckling buccaneers and uh, a chef. <laughs> you know, um, looks cool, looks cute. I, I, I'm, I'm digging it. So it doesn't come out until March of next year. So long wait. Uh, let's see. There's a there's a, saga, a new saga game. Uh, we've got uh, prettier versions of Tomb Raider one through three. But they're not remakes, they're just graphically overhauled. They're graphically overhauled in a way that you can seamlessly toggle back and forth between the old graphics. So it's going to play exactly the same as the old games, which is why I'm not interested in them. Because I played the old games and they're bad. Well, there's a lot to like about them. There's... There's a nice sense of adventure and place and characterization. And there were a lot of good ideas that the PlayStation just really couldn't handle at the time. It's, it's very clunky to play. 
even in like what 96 i think the first game came out it was it's yeah i i I don't think that's gonna i don't think that's gonna be very fun to play but uh got a new detective pikachu game uh trombone champ that's coming to switch i that's been out for a while Uh, battle crush free to play online battle royale yeah i don't care war tales medieval open world tactical i don't care New Contra game. Uh, I think WayForward's working on that one. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I like Contra. Could be fun. Unicorn Overlord. So, uh, I think this one is the... Um, it's a, a dual development between... A, the hell's the name of the studio? The Odin Sphere 13 Aegis Rim thing... Uh, Vanilla soft, vanilla wear, vanilla shit. Let's see. Isn't there a name on this somewhere? Isn't it vanilla wear or vanilla something? Sure would be nice if there were an instruction manual. Yeah, Yeah, vanilla, vanilla something or other. Looks like it could be cute. Vanilla wear, thank you. And and Atlas being the uh, publisher, yeah. Alright, let's see. We've got a, a HD remake of the 3DS Luigi's Mansion 2. I might be interested in that if they redo how the game actually works. One thing I really didn't like about Dark Moon was how that was subtitled, if I'm remembering correctly, is um, it was definitely intended to be played in short bursts, like, you know, 20-minute sessions. You know, it's a handheld game, that that makes sense. But um, how the game is structured is you go into the mansion and... As soon as you complete a quest, your ass is kicked right out again. And I found that just really frustrating and annoying. I wanted to stay in the mansion and keep exploring. So, I don't know if they'll keep that format for the uh, Switch version, but uh, we shall see. Uh, They're doing an F-Zero 99, so you play F-Zero with 99 other people. Okay. Vandal Tale, a League of Legends experience. Okay, don't care. Song of Nunu, League of Legends. Still don't care. WarioWare, move it. It's WarioWare. Um, Euden Chronicle, 100 Heroes. Uh, could, I, I don't know. Don't know. Eastward Octopia, I don't know. I think that's just DLC for, um, for Eastward. Uh, Wargroove 2, it's a thing. Dave the Diver, it's getting ported uh, some more Mario Kart some DLC for Among Us and finally a uh, port or remake or something of uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door so huzzah I already played it I have it on the GameCube it's it's great if you've never played it definitely play it it is um, I'm I agree with the general consensus of the gamers uh, Thousand Year Door is the best Paper Mario. It's it's genuinely great. So if you haven't played it, I would recommend it. 
Oh, I should probably mention, going back to the Unity stuff we were talking about, um, apparently uh, Unity received some death threats. Unattractive as Unity's whole ass was, that ain't cool. So, that ain't cool. Alright, let's see. What was going on at uh, Sony's State of Play? Uh, there's Baby Steps, which is the guy in uh, Long John's who I guess you just control his feet and try and walk him home without dropping his ass off a cliff. Eh, I don't know. It's either going to find an audience or it's not. I, yeah. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord VR Ghostbuster thingy. Um, I like, I like uh, the you know the various costumes and equipment that they're doing. Like when the, when they did Extreme Ghostbusters, um, the cartoon in the early '90s, I didn't like the redesign. Uh, but they're making up a lot of new equipment and outfits for this uh, VR Ghostbusters game, and uh, you know visually, I, I'm I'm digging the style. So that's that's nice. I don't have VR though. Uh, Resident Evil Four actually just dropped uh, twenty bits, forty bucks, on Amazon and pretty much everywhere else. I was like, sounds like the uh, Separate Ways DLC is dropping. And it is, and it's dropping next week, and Capcom is absolutely loath to tell you how much it costs. They may have, maybe it's listed on Steam now, uh, I haven't checked, but as of Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever this came out, this, uh, this presentation, they were doing their damnedest to dance around the fact that this is paid DLC and it costs some amount of money. Uh, the VR thing, that's apparently a free update. The uh, Mercenaries thing, that's a free update. Separate Ways, they didn't call that a free update, but they also didn't say it was paid DLC or how much it is. So I'm really curious to see how much it is. So should, should I pick up a Resident Evil 4 remake for 40 bucks and buy the DLC, or should I continue holding out until the inevitable Gold Edition? Who knows? Pickle Burger. Uh, can you give a shout out to my boyfriend, Jero? Just say like, shout out to my honey bun, Jero. Sure. Hi, Jero. Shout out to Pickle Burger's honey bun. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm going to feel real bad if I did not. Um, let's see. Avatar. I don't care. Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner 2. I don't care. Uh, different colored plates for the PS5. Helldivers 2. Don't really care. Marvel Spider-Man. I just don't care. Tales of Rise. Fine. Honkai Star Rail. Whatever. Foam Stars. Whatever. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of thinking I'm just going to wait until all three games come out because they're inevitably going to bundle them all together. <laughs> you know? I, I did get a kick out of the on-two-discs thing. I think they did that with um, the, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, too, which I find amusing. Oh my god, two discs! The game must be huge! I did? Oh, great. Glad to hear it. Uh, and that was the state of play. So, um, yeah. Uh, still want to play Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, just been waiting for the uh, for all of its pieces to uh, to come out. 
Uh, there was a. I'm also wondering: Does the uh, separate ways include a remake of Assignment Ada, which was a also a separate side quest kind of thing? I don't know. We'll probably see next week. And um, one last thing before we go: uh, I just uh, watched, uh, finished watching season two of Chucky. And it was delightful. I, I really enjoyed it. Child's Play is probably one of my favorite... Uh, well, it is definitely one of... don't know if it's my favorite, but... Uh, Jared's is Mercenaries is free. Yeah, Mercenaries is free. I think the VR thing is free, but the, 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 the Ada stuff... They didn't call it free, so it's probably not free. But they were being particularly cagey about it. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's steam... I'm I'm curious to see if they've uh, actually uh, put it. Anyway, Chucky is really good. I like the second season. It it goes really bonkers in a lot of areas. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I really liked it. Um, assignment eight. It no. Uh, Resident Evil Four. There we go. Doop, 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 Oh, my God, I have to tell them that I'm very old or they won't let me view the page. Uh... Yeah, it's, uh... It is not priced. That makes me very concerned. What, are they going to sell for $30 or something like that? No idea. Um, so, uh, Chucky Season 2, uh, not always entirely successful with how it was uh, narratively, but there was just so much to love about that season. I, I, I got a kick out of um, uh, Jennifer Tilly... Uh, she is so damn funny at at playing a, a Tiffany Valentine who's inhabiting the body of Jennifer Tilly, and she's really genuinely terrible. the The character of Tiffany Valentine is terrible at being Jennifer Tilly, and it's it's just really really funny to watch. Um, uh, what's funny is Meg Tilly, uh, Jennifer Tilly's real life sister, actually shows up in in the in the show, and she's really really good. Um, Oscar nominee too, if if I'm remembering correctly. Um, also, they they um, uh, Glenn and Glenda come back, and uh, they are the last we saw of them. Uh, they were shown as small human children at the end of Sea to Chucky. Well, they are early 20s now, I guess. And uh, the actor that they got to play both, it's the same actor who plays both of them. And they're great. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know who this actor is, but holy biscuits, wonderful performance. Just, just, uh, I'm... 
I hope we get to see them again because I really, really like them. Also, just the, the, the style that they came up with in designing the characters of Glenn and Glenda. Um, the costuming is just wonder. I really, really enjoyed it just, just from an aesthetic sense. Um, from an aesthetic sense alone, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, sadly, Chucky Season 3 actually starts uh, October 4th, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, I don't subscribe to USA or Sci-Fi or Siffy or whatever it's, however it's pronounced, or Peacock. So, I actually have access to a bunch of streaming services, but none of the ones Chucky's on, and that makes me sad. I guess I just have to wait till the spring and buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. Oh, well. I mean, I could get a... You know, it's available on VOD. I, I could spend... But, I mean, if I'm going to... I feel like if I'm going to spend 20 bucks to, to view the season, I may as well have it on disc and put it on the shelf, you know? Um, so, anyway, uh, I had to tell my sister that Devin Sawa is in, uh, in the Chucky both season one and two, so she should watch it. Shirtless in season two, so... Yeah, she's she's definitely going to watch it. Cafe Fox says they were the same actor. I thought they were actually twins. I actually I actually did not catch it at first either. It it took me a ways into whatever. Well, not their introduction. You don't really see them in the in their introductory episode, episode four or five. Uh, the the big meta episode where uh, Meg Tilly and uh, Gina Garcon and uh, Joey Pants. You know, all those people show up. That one. Um, yeah, because the, the characters... Uh, the actor whose name I don't remember. I, I don't think I've seen them in anything. Uh, does a really great job of making the character Glenn and Glenda distinct entities with distinct looks and mannerisms and personalities. Um, and the effect is uh, when they have the characters, when they're split-screening it somehow, is actually really well done. Uh, there, There's a shot towards the end of the season where one's laying in bed and the other's sitting in a chair next to the bed and, uh, you know, both of their faces are in full shot and and they reach over and grab their hand and, um, and I'm like, that is, like, seamless. It's really well done. But a lot of it is you can you can tell that you know ones if they're in the same shot ones often shot from the back, um, or there's you know they're they're clearly sitting on opposite ends of a couch or something like that. So yeah, I I agree. I didn't catch that it was the same actor. Of it, it took me a bit to realize that it was the same actor. Um, also, I really need to stop um, stop watching. Uh, it, it's probably illegal to do it any other way, but I'd prefer if they didn't spoil the guest star appearances at the beginning of the show. I mean, I could just you know, not look at the credits as they're scrolling past, I suppose, but, you know, I mean, you, you, you see a name and you're like, oh, I, oh, I, okay, I, I, I think I know what's coming. So, stop spoiling things with your with crediting actors for the hard work that they put in. Uh, another thing, uh, last thing I want to say, and they did this in the first season that I absolutely love, 
is in the actor credits at the end of the show are all of the puppeteers for Chucky. That's great. They they actually have the puppeteers in the main cast of the of the show's credits. That that's wonderful. I love that. That that's really great. Anyway, um, uh, Chucky, particularly season two, is utterly ridiculous in the best possible ways. I, I found it uh, enormously entertaining. So. Um, maybe you'll like it don't get me wrong it's it's profane and gory too um so not for everybody of course but uh well i liked it so all right that's enough out of me for tonight uh tomorrow we will return to uh trails from zero uh might actually beat the game and uh, thanks to Jared, uh, we're going to check out the other two bonding events. And uh, then we're going to save our friends, Dino and Bond and Gantz and the other guy. You know, you know the other guy. So uh, we, we, we might finish uh, Trails from Zero tomorrow. Or we might not, because you know how, how incredibly slow... <laughs> <laughs> I move through these games. So, all right. Uh, hope to see you then. And, uh, oh, well, uh, the, the my upload speed is starting to crash again, so I guess it's a good time to, to turn it off. All right. That's it for me. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>